Hey, Grace Church, how you doing? Thanks so much for tuning in online and watching the message and connecting with us in a church. You know, it's so important for us to continue to remain connected as the body of Christ. We want to be reaching out to each other and, and staying online as much as we can. I know we're doing some video chats and those are super important uh, for us. And thanks for tuning in. Uh, to hear everything you know that God is doing in our church, even though this is a really difficult time uh, for so many people. This is the time when we feel like the church rises up. And so we want to be pouring into you and encouraging you with God's word, because uh, I know many of you are just are struggling and down. And, and so we are here for you. God is here for you. He continues to remain on the throne. And so we just uh, wanted to share that next week is Easter uh, for us. And so we're going to be celebrating Easter online uh, doing a full message and 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 uh, church service for you. So we want to encourage you to be tuned in uh, for Easter. But then also I wanted to make you aware, give you a little bit of a heads up. We are going to be doing communion uh, for our Easter service. So whatever preparations you need to make uh, to be ready to do communion at home, uh, please do that. Or if you want to get some bread or some grape juice, you know, something like that. Or uh, you can use any household item, but really uh, we just want to encourage you to be ready uh, to do communion so we can partake together. Uh, so we're really uh, looking forward to that. And so I, I don't know about you, but I just, I love Easter. And so we just, I love celebrating, you know, Jesus' resurrection. It's one of the, the biggest day uh, for those of us that follow Christ. Uh, so we want to be doing that online together. But uh, I, I, this is the week before Easter, you know, everything leading up to Easter. And this week is extremely important as well. Uh, there's so many things that are going on because uh, traditionally we know that this is, uh, this is Holy Week. Uh, for, for us. And so it's an opportunity for us to continue to worship. So whether you're by yourself, you live alone, or maybe you have a roommate, or maybe you're married with your spouse, I mean, this is an opportunity to be worshiping. Here you're, you're worshiping online with us at church. It's an opportunity to be worshiping with our kids, you know, so taking some time. Maybe if you have family and kids, just sharing with them what Holy Week means and what it looks like and, and the important things that take place. And because uh, today I want to focus on in my message the several significant things that take place leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. And so we're going to be in John chapter 12. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open that up. If you have your Bible app, uh, open up that uh, mobile on your mobile device uh, because there are so many things leading up to that day of Easter and the resurrection. And so uh, it, it's kind of like a wedding. If you've been married before, or you're married now, uh, you know that a wedding day the day is amazing. It's a big celebration, but gosh, all the things leading up to that day uh, seem to be overwhelming at times, uh, right? It, maybe you, you were trying to pick flowers and what colors to have, and, and you were trying to, de to determine a day and a location, and who's going to be your videographer, videographer, take pictures, or you know who's going to be in the bridal party, or where you're going to go on your honeymoon. I mean, there's so many things that lead up to those. And I just shared just the big ones. And there's so many small details that lead up to that big day of the wedding day. And, and it's, it's the same uh, when it comes to Easter as well. So we just, we want to make sure that we're focusing on those things leading up to, up to Easter, because those are extremely important as well. And so we need this. The things that I'm going to be diving into and uncovering, we need this right now. This is a message uh, from God's Word, and I'm believing that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to move mightily in it for us. And so will you bow in prayer with me before I dive into the Scripture? And so, Lord God, we come before you. Uh, Father, thank you so much for who you are. God, we pray and believe. We look to you. We thank you that you're our strength. 
Uh, we bow our hearts, we bend our knees, Lord, we, we lift our hands, we clap, we praise, we sing, we worship you because, God, you are still amazing and powerful and strong. So would you show that during this time? And so, Lord, during this Holy Week and us leading up to Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, Lord, would you re reveal through your scripture what you have for us, what this means for us, because we want to have a connection with you. Lord, would you speak and communicate through your word in Jesus' name, amen. So in the midst of all of this chaos that we are in with the coronavirus and all the uncertainty and all the unknown and all the adjustments that many of us have had to make with work and family and life and scheduling, uh, in the midst of all the chaos, there, there is one big thing that I want to share with you. We all need to have individual worship. This is so important for us in our lives. Uh, to be taking time, uh, despite the chaos and craziness, whether it's early in the morning or late in the evening, we need to have individual worship. And, and I wanted to pull this from John chapter 12, starting in verse 1. So it says that six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. And so you can see, as these verses unfold, you can kind of see the picture. This is a party. This is a dinner party at Lazarus' house. And so they're having fun. They're having a great time. They're probably enjoying some amazing food. And Jesus is the guest of honor. He's the one there. Everyone wants to see him. Everyone wants to talk to him. And so to be seated at the table with Jesus was very significant. So Lazarus was there just enjoying his company. And man, I'll tell you what, I, I, I would... I would imagine that Lazarus probably threw several dinner parties for Jesus. I mean, right? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So he, I, I would want to throw parties for Jesus every single day. Like, thank you so much. That's amazing. I'm sure that he was doing that, no doubt. Uh, you know, if it was us right now, we would be having a virtual dinner party. Uh, we would be enjoying each other's company on Zoom. Uh, but, I mean, right, we would still want to honor Jesus with some type of celebration, some type of party. And that's exactly what's taking place at Lazarus's house. And so Jesus is being honored in several different ways. There's individual worship taking place, right? It's, it's the, those that are seated at the table, just conversating with Jesus, acknowledging him, listening to him talk, just wanting to hear what he's saying and just relate and laugh and have a good time with him. But then there's also serving going on. And, and we see Martha was serving everyone dinner in the house. I mean, that's amazing. So she's honoring the Lord and she's honoring all of the guests that are there by serving them. That's amazing and incredible. And, and so then, gosh, we get this amazingly extravagant aspect of, of worship, this act of worship that Mary partakes in, where she pulls out this 12-ounce jar of perfume, and it says it's made with the, the essence of nard. So it, it, it's almost like a lotion, you know, really just fragrant lotion that she uses, and it was very expensive. They say it was worth about a year's wages. Uh, so that's a significant amount, tens of thousands of dollars that this, this fragrance, this perfume would be. She pulls it out, right, and she just pours it on Jesus' feet. And, and just the aspect where she, she does it on his feet, not on his head, not on his face, not on his body, but on his feet, showing just this incredible humility on her side. And here's the thing that, that we've got to pull from this, right? We've got to understand. I mean, we need this in our life. 
We need this type of individual worship where Mary loved Jesus so much that the, the amount, the cost didn't matter. It was, I've got to do this and worship him. I've got to honor him and show him because of all that he's done for me. And so this is hugely important, just her love, her passion for her Savior, for her Lord. And, and you can just see her heart and who she is. She just, she adored Jesus. She adored him immensely. She wanted to hear from him, talk to him. There were times when she would run to him and, and go meet him uh, to, just, to, just to acknowledge that he's her teacher and Savior and Lord. And, and I just, I love it once, just once again, this, this, this is so, there's so much humility in her attitude. With Can you imagine, can you just picture this? As we were reading that scripture, can you imagine somebody being at Jesus' feet and, and, and pouring this perfume and then wiping it with her hair? I mean, just, just total adoration, total humility at the feet of the Savior. Now, for you and I, like we need this in our life. And I, I don't know about you, but I can't wipe perfume with my hair. Like it just, it just wouldn't work. But we need these aspects of extravagant worship in our life. And so what does that look like for you and I? Like in this day and age, in our life, in your life, what would it look like for you to show extravagant worship towards Jesus? Maybe it's uh, you, you, you find somebody that, that needs a vehicle. Maybe you have a vehicle that, that you're looking to get rid of or looking to sell and you say, you know what? I'm going to give it to that person. I know that they're in need. I know that, that, that they would appreciate it. So as worship is unto the Lord, I'm going to give my car away to this person. So that, that's one, one way that we can certainly show just generosity and you know, just things that are important to us. And, and I, I definitely feel uh, just extravagant worship. One of the ways we can do that this often is, is by fasting. Uh, you know, fasting is a regular part of my life. I do it often. And, and, and I want to encourage you to do that as well because fasting is really difficult, right? And it, it can be challenging, challenging. So maybe you fast for one day. Or maybe you fast for two days or a week or, or longer. I mean, this is just so important. And so worship usually also incorporates some type of sacrifice on our part. When we're doing this individual act of worship as unto the Lord, like there is usually sometimes great significant sacrifice that comes along with that. And I just, I, can't you just see God giving us attention when, when he sees our love, our passion, our humility before him, this, this extravagant aspect of worship, can't you just see God looking going, wow, look at them, look at their passion, look at their desire and longing for me, look at how they're loving other people around them, and God's attention, his eyes get focused on us, and that's just, that, that should be our heart's desire, is, is to, to make God proud in who he is and, and to have extravagant for, for other people. You know, we can't earn more of God's love. That's impossible. He loves us already. But our worship as unto him just can show and prove to him like who we are and, and just our adoration towards him. But even with saying all that, the, the individual aspect of worship, it, get, it gets God's attention. But the thing that's interesting to me is it also gets the devil's attention too. Uh, this is really interesting because one challenge that we will face when we surrender, uh, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, when we, when we decide that we're going to worship him, one challenge that we face is my second point, and it's that we become a target. 
Uh, we become a target for the enemy where God, I, I believe, sees our worship and what we're doing. But then also it, it comes on, on kind of the radar, the screen of, of the enemy going, whoa, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? Because the devil wants to steal all worship from God. He doesn't want any of us to be focused on him. So anytime we are, he's looking in ways that he can cause us to, to feel defeated or feel down. And so we become a target. And we can find this in, in some of the verses in John 12, just continuing in verse 9. It says, when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, uh, the man that Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priests decided to kill Lazarus too. For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. And so when we read scripture and we understand the gospels, at, at this point in time, the, the religious leaders already had plans to kill Jesus. That They had already decided that, and they were trying to plot and plan and scheme on how they could do that. But now, Lazarus is a target too. Uh, because simply, he was the recipient of a miracle. I mean, this, this, like he was raised from the dead. It was nothing that he did in and, in and of himself. Jesus was the one that raised him from the dead. But because he experienced that in his life, People were believing in Jesus. I mean, gosh, I would too, right? If you knew somebody that Jesus had raised from the dead, you would, you would put faith and hope in, G, in Jesus as well. Like, how could you not? Like, that's amazing. That's incredible. And so the reality is also that many of us, we've experienced miracles in our life. You know, maybe we haven't been risen from the dead, but I almost guarantee that if you've been following Christ for some time, or even maybe before you follow Christ, there was, there's a possibility that you've experienced a miracle in your life or somebody close to you that caused your faith to be stirred. Like I have friends that they were miraculously healed. Just amazing, incredible. Uh, my, my niece, she had scoliosis in her spine where her spine was crooked and God healed her, like totally straightened out her spine. And, you know, it just, it, and it's powerful. Like you can see it on the x-ray, you know, here's, it looks like an S and now it's straight. And so that it's, it's undeniable. You can see the evidence of it. And then I know some of you have also experienced financial miracles before. I've talked to so many people where out of their generosity, out of their obedience and giving towards the Lord, that they've given a certain amount and they weren't sure how it was going to work out or a bill came in and then all of a sudden some, 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 somebody else or some other form of, of revenue came in, a check came in the mail or a deposit was made. And so many times I hear stories where people say, it was the exact amount that I needed. And that's, that's a miracle. It's undeniable when we experience those things. And so Jesus, he made it very clear uh, during his time here on earth, when he was preaching, when he was teaching, he made it very clear that because of our connection with him, that other people would ridicule us, uh, that there would be persecution that we face just simply by being connected with him and worshiping him. And so there's persecution uh, where there's threats on our lives. And, and you, know, you, can, you can see in scripture that there's a threat now on Lazarus's life. And in this day and age, there is persecution that's taking place, all right? And in, in our country and other countries, where just by simply claiming Christ that there's uh, concern for your life and, and where you go and what you do, that there may be people that attack you or beat you, and, and that's just the reality. And so we have to understand that it not only was happening to Lazarus in this instance, but it happens to us as well. And maybe you have been uh, somebody that's received persecution before, whether at the workplace or for somebody from somebody else that didn't know uh, the Lord, or maybe even a family member 
And so that's something, honestly, that we can expect to take place uh, in our lives because there's a spiritual battle uh, that we experience. Uh, and, and so there are forces of, of good and there are forces of evil. And that's the reality. And so God is amazing and powerful and strong. And, and, and because of our connection with the Lord through Christ, we are overcomers, uh, right? But there's, there's, a, there's a possibility that you've experienced some type of spiritual battle before in your life. Like I gave the example about health, and, and, and maybe we could certainly use that example now in, in this time or finances, but gosh, maybe there was some spiritual attacks on some of the relationships that you have. Maybe you were trying to grow in certain relationships and, and, and friendships or work relationships, and then all of a sudden there was tension, there were issues, there were problems. Maybe it even was your marriage. Uh, so many times the devil wants to creep in and sneak in and drive just a splinter between a husband and wife. That's his goal. He just wants to drive a splinter and just a little bit of separation. And then he drives that wedge even deeper and deeper and deeper and causes a husband to be disconnected with his wife. Uh, and that's the enemy working. That's the spiritual battle that we face. And, and, and we have to understand that the enemy will do all that he can to beat us down, to destroy us, to take us out. And so... The thing that's really interesting about this Bible passage that we're reading in John 12 is that the enemy even used religious leaders. And we have to be so careful uh, at times in our life, even as Christians, we have to be aware of what's going on in, in the Lord's will because uh, it was their desire to kill both Jesus and Lazarus. Now, this is absolutely contrary to everything that's godly. I mean, you even see in the Ten Commandments, do not murder. And yet here are these religious leaders, they're looking to murder Jesus and Lazarus. And they're trying to figure out a way how to take them both out. And so we understand this, right? That there's a spiritual battle that takes place. But here's what I want to encourage you with. We should not be fearful. This should not cause us to feel oppressed because we're more than conquerors. Right, so, so fear in its very essence is, is when the devil comes in and he brings confusion or distraction or he tries to convince us of something that's contrary to God's word. So if you can identify something right now that you're afraid of, that you're concerned, where is the root of that fear coming from? Maybe it's a, a concern about lack of, regarding finances. And so that, that could be a concern, you know, regarding our faith or we have, you know, the, the mindset of, of poverty or we're, that we're struggling, that we're never going to be able to make ends meet. And, and so we've got to look like it says very clearly in Scripture that the Lord is our provider. He's the one that, that gives us everything that we need. He'll supply our, our bread each and every single day. But the, the reality is, is that the devil is trying to come in. He's trying to creep in and bring fear in our life to cause us to be distracted from God. And so we have to recognize and know the truth and speak the truth of God's words out uh, in our life. And so when you look at these examples, I mean, the devil is constantly trying to seize the day. He's trying to seize the moment, giving us fear, giving us worry, giving us doubt and disbelief. And here's what I want to encourage you with. We won't stand for it. We will not stand for that in our lives. If we're following after Jesus, we won't stand for that. We won't allow him to creep in and allow us to, to be distracted or pulled you know, to, to the side away from our worship, away from our focus towards God. And so, like to be quite honest, you know, we know that we need to be worshiping God. And so I even want to say something so bold that we should be so focused on the Lord and worshiping him. And he's doing significant things in our life that we should be on the radar of the enemy. Like we should be. We should be doing things so bold, so extravagant 
that the enemy's taking notice and he's trying to figure out ways to creep in. And there have been so many times that I've experienced this in my life where God is stretching me, God is challenging me, and he's leading me, and I can feel it, but yet the enemy is just trying to, to do all that he can to come and attack, and he'll, he'll try to do that in my life, and the things that he says, and, and things that he tries to convince me of, and my thoughts, and my feelings, and my emotions, and, and my marriage with my kids, and family, and people that I know and love in the community. Like, the enemy will try so badly to do that, but we're not standing for that. We will not stand for that. And so what we do, how we live, we need to be full of faith. And so we should be a threat to the devil all the time. I absolutely believe this. I mean, if you are a follower of Christ and you're watching this uh, right now, you have been given new life. Uh, This is so significant. New life where we have an opportunity where we can live like we have that life. And so I have a a verse that I want to share with you. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. And so we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we shouldn't cower in fear. We should be encouraged. Uh, We should be bold. We should be trusting. We should be willing to, to take steps of faith that are so significant and extravagant. And so even right now, how can we live this out in our life? How can we show and, and reveal and expose Christ's power, the Holy Spirit in our life? And so I just want to encourage you that right now there are practical and simple and bold ways that we can do this, where we can show the love of Christ. And so maybe you have people in your life that, that they are concerned and fearful and worried. And so, man, I, I just want to encourage you to, to be sending them emails, to be sending them texts of encouragement. Maybe, maybe you send them a scripture verse and encourage them with God's word. Maybe it's you. Maybe you need that right now. And so I want to encourage you. Like, we can stand firm. We can stand strong in who we are. But maybe you also have other people. What are some significant ways that you can help others in this time of crisis? Because there are people that are looking for answers. They're looking for solutions. And we have it. Because we know the power that's within inside of us. And so maybe you, you need to be on a, a video chat. Uh, you need to Zoom with some friends. Or maybe you need to buy some groceries for your neighbor. Or, you know, provide something for somebody that's in need. But be looking for opportunities on, on that, that God puts out in front of you where we can answer. And show his love and show his goodness. Uh, because even if it means that we become a target, people are still looking for answers and we have them. And so we need to be willing to even put our life on the line to, to trust God that he's going to do something amazing so that others might know him. That's the most important thing that we can do. So even though there's uh, an enemy that's coming against us, in the end, what it comes down to is number three, where we worship the king. This is so significant in this time of, of Holy Week. Right? This is so incredible. This next passage of scripture that I'm going to read to you is so powerful. I love the imagery. As I read, I just want you to imagine Jesus and and, and the worship that's taking place as this scene unfolds with this large crowd of people. So this is John 12, starting in verse 12. It says the next day. So after the dinner party was over, the very next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. 
Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. And so this, this scripture, this, this Jesus you know, performing this act, it is to fulfill the prophecy that was given in the book of Isaiah about him being the Messiah. But I mean, so many people were worshiping him as king that day. Can't you just see it? Can't you just see the crowds of people? There was probably, they were probably lined up along the street, lined up along the sidewalk, and Jesus is walking down, you know, right in the middle. They were worshiping the king. And so every, there were so many people that were there for the Passover festival and to celebrate. And, and here they are worshiping Jesus, shouting praises to God, saying Hosanna, which means save us. You know, Jesus, you are our Savior. You're our Lord. You're the King of Israel. And so this is incredibly respectful. This is incredibly honoring. This is so worshipful what, what's taking place in this scene that's unfolding. They're welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem as king, king over Israel, king over the world. And that's exactly who he is. Because during this time, uh, the Israelites were actually under Roman rule. So they, they were hoping that somebody would rise up and to, to free them uh, from the Roman Empire. And so many people were looking for Jesus to, to be a political leader, but he is so much more than that. I mean, he is so much more than that because he not only frees us uh, in, in our life that we get to experience, but he frees our soul. He's the one that paid the price that we get to experience him and his power and his goodness because of his death and resurrection. We can experience that in our life. And so let me ask you something very significant. Where in your life are you looking for salvation right now? Where is it? Where are you looking to be saved, to be rescued? Where, where the hero will sweep in. Where is that in your life? Now, gosh, the, there's so much uncertainty going on right now. There probably is somewhere where you're looking. Maybe it's, you know, how, how are things going to be provided? Because the, the, there's a number of people that are being affected financially uh, from the virus and from things that are taking place in the economic situation that we're experiencing. There's so many people. And so maybe you're looking for God to provide. And that's exactly what he'll do. Maybe, maybe it's spiritually. Right now in your life, you, you just, you're struggling with some, some fear, some doubt, some disbelief. Maybe you don't have a connection with Jesus uh, right now in your life. And so you're looking for answers. And you know that it's something that's bigger than you. It's got to be. And that's exactly why Jesus came. So Jesus, we can worship him as king. He is still on the throne as Lord and Savior and king overall. And so when we look to Jesus uh, as being our king, we have nothing to fear. Uh, so that day, right, you, you can see that the Israelites, they were waving palm branches. They were laying them down in the street for Jesus to, 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 to ride on. But right now, wherever it is that you are, we might, we might not have palm branches that we're laying down. But it says in Scripture that God sees our heart, right? So right now, I believe that we can bow our hearts as in worship to the King. Maybe you bow our hearts. Maybe right now, wherever it is that you are, you get down on your knees as an act of worship, an extravagant, just, just saying, I kneel before you. I want to, maybe you want to raise your hands, right? And just say, I surrender. I give up. Because that's what happens in our life when we surrender. We raise our hands. We say, I give up. So maybe you look to Jesus being your Savior, being the, the one that's going to provide salvation in this particular area in your life. And you just say, I want to worship you. And so this week, 
is so important. This is Holy Week where we get to worship Jesus and celebrate him and honor him. So I want to encourage you, take every single day this week and have some aspect of individual worship and worship our King. Maybe you, you dive into a passage of scripture. Maybe you pull out the soap Bible study. Maybe you, 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 you take some time and you read the, the end of the Gospels where you can see leading up, to, uh, le- leading up to the day of Easter, the crucifixion and the resurrection. Maybe you take time to do that. But I want to encourage you to take that opportunity in your life today, tomorrow, this week, every single day. And we certainly are going to be online next week for Easter Sunday. We're going to celebrate the resurrection together. It's going to be powerful and amazing. But I believe that God has something for you now in this moment. And so maybe you're here and you're watching online and you haven't yet made a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe you were a Christ follower before and maybe you went to church before, but you kind of got off track. Right? I think that happens to every single one of us at different times in our life. And so right now there's an opportunity to recommit to the Lord where, where he, he wants us to surrender to him, where we can commit to follow after him. And so maybe you're in that place. So I'm going to pray in just a moment. And if that's you, like you need to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you know it, like you're tired, you've been trying on your own and you, you've come up empty every single time. And now you see it's been revealed to you that Christ is the answer. So you can make that commitment to follow after him. Or maybe you need to make a recommitment. But if that's you, I'm going to pray. And I would just ask that you would pray along with me. Maybe you take the words that I'm saying and you repeat them after me. Or maybe you use them just as an example and you, you pray. But God sees our heart and who we are. And so let's pray as we go before him. God, I know I need you. God, I want you to come into my life. I see who you are. I see that you sent Jesus for me. I see that he's your son, and I know that now. And so, Jesus, I declare that how much I need you. Thank you for being the one that came and laid your life down for me, for dying on the cross and rising again so that I could have new life. So I just want to say how much I need you. Jesus, I confess my sins before you. There's things that I've done that I feel guilty and shameful about. And I'm so sorry. I don't want those things to to hold me back any longer. Would you please liberate me and give me freedom? I want to be set free from all that, from all my past decisions. Lord, that you would make me new, that you would make me whole. And so I commit right now to follow after you all the days of my life. I, I surrender to you and I want to pursue with all of my heart, with all that I am. I want to honor you and worship you. You're my king, my Lord, and my savior. So I bow my heart, I bow my life, I give everything to you. And I commit to follow you. And Father, for so many of us, Lord, I want to pray just this incredible blessing. Lord, I know there's so many of us that have been affected greatly uh, by this virus and, and the economic impact. And so, Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for protection. Lord, those that we know that are sick and that not, they're not well, Lord, would you just uh, provide just an incredible touch of healing power for them? Lord, we declare that by your stripes that we are made whole and complete. And so we declare that in a healing fashion for people. Lord, I also want to pray for those that are struggling financially and and facing just economic trouble and turmoil and, and a dip in their finances, Lord. And I just pray that you would be the provider, that each and every single day that you would meet their needs, that you would supply in the way that you can, the way that you're capable. We know that you can, Lord. Would you show yourself powerful in provision during this time? 
Lord, as we give back to you, as we honor you with our gifts and our honor with our generosity, Lord, we just receive back the gifts that you give to us and that you'll provide and you'll do amazing things. And so, Lord, I also want to just ask that you would help us as a church, uh, help us as Christ followers uh, to be the church, to, to love others, to encourage others that are around us, to be that light, to be that goodness, to, to share the answers of the good news with others around us, to, to give extravagant worship towards you. Lord, we want to honor you and we bless you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in and, and listening to the message and hope it was encouraging for you, praying and believing for big things for you, and, and continue to worship God throughout the course of this week. And, and we'll see you online throughout the week and we'll see you online for service for Easter Sunday 2020. Love you guys and we'll see you soon.